0: Well, the roster chaos at Alabama continues. Caleb Downs and Caden Proctor are in the portal. And I think Kalen DeBoer is going to be just fine.
1: You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day
0: welcome everybody to another episode of locked on college football i'm your host spencer mclaughlin thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view every day part of the locked on podcast network do you find it hard to stay up to date with all the craziness of the portal and the coaching carousel this is the podcast for you and today's episode is brought to you by fanduel make every moment more right now new customers get 115 bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started so Alabama's roster is going to be so very different in 2024 and FanDuel's got their win total at nine and a half which is is not exactly uh, the norm for Alabama so they are perhaps anticipating there could be a little bit of a pullback even if there is in 2024 compared to the Alabama standard Kalen DeBoer is going to win at Alabama I have made that claim since this show began. I will continue to make that claim because Kalen DeBoer has been a winner everywhere he's gone. Now, a curious factor that's going to be really put to the test this fall when they play out their entire 12-game regular season schedule is just how much Kalen DeBoer can do with the roster Alabama has had. Because at Washington for the last couple years, they had some talented players— at key positions, but if you were to dial up their 24-7 sports composite ranking, it would not, would absolutely not be the top roster in college football. It would not have been that. It, It it would also not have been a top 10 or probably not even top 20. It's not a roster in which Kalen DeBoer went into games and won because he had more talent. It's a roster that Kalen DeBoer won with because he knew the players he had, how to maximize their talents. And he was able to do more with less. Now that's relatively speaking, because there were NFL players on that roster when I say more with less. So he was a fantastic coach, at winning with what he had well he's not going to have very much at alabama next year compared to what the crimson tide had in 2023 this is an alabama roster that is going to be without caleb downs their five-star safety caden proctor their five-star tackle those two guys were both starters as true freshmen they, they were going after talia tagovailoa in the transfer portal Instead, it looks like it'll probably, barring some changes, be Jalen Milrow again at quarterback. They want to have Seth McLaughlin their center. Uh, Jermaine Burton, and Isaiah Bond, their leading receivers, those two guys are gone. They are bringing in Alabama, the number three overall high school recruiting class in the 2024 cycle, but it's the 52nd ranked portal class. So how many of those guys are ready to make an impact right away? How often can you rely on true freshmen in today's portal heavy world of college football? it's rather challenging. Now, the reason I think that Kalen DeBoer can overcome all of that in the short run somewhat, but in the long run definitely, is he's assembling a great staff. Kalen DeBoer's staff is now going to consist of Kane Womack. Well, who is that? Spencer, who is this guy? Why should I know his name? For the last several seasons, he's been the head coach in the Sun Belt, Not the entire conference, but he's been in that conference at South Alabama, a place in which he has assembled a 22-16 and record. Uh, He had a double-digit win season now two seasons ago in college football. And this is a guy who's going to be Kalen DeBoer's defensive coordinator. Well, this past year at South Alabama, the defense allowed just under 22 points per game. And South Alabama is not a premier team in the Sun Belt Conference, but they were relevant and competitive in that league with him at the helm. That's the first of two, not one, but two head coaches that Kalen DeBoer has brought on to his defensive staff. And this is the key because he's also brought in Maurice Linguist, who was the head coach at Buffalo. He is going to be. An assistant on the defensive staff. So the defensive pedigree there is readily available. You combine that with Kalen DeBoer's track record, having Ryan Grubb as his offensive coordinator, these two guys are going to be able to score points, and they've assembled a good defensive staff. They know how to win. The roster situation, though, is still going to be precarious for this fall. I'm joined now here on Locked On College Football by Luke Robinson, the host of Locked On Alabama. And I just want your reaction to everything that's going down. Do you? Are you guys going to put together a 24-man team or a 22-man team next year? What's going on in Tuscaloosa?
1: I think it's going to be okay. I'm not going to lie. Some of these are, are hurting. Um, Caleb Downs leaving and probably going to Georgia. That hurts. Uh, Caden Proctor. But now, uh, obviously, he's gonna, probably going to go somewhere close to home. The thing about some of these is I believe some of these guys are going to transfer anyway. Um, Caden Proctor, I believe, was really going to end up leaving. He had to be talked out of transferring um, right after the Rose Bowl to begin with. I think he's just a little bit homesick, and I think he wants to be closer to home, and that's understandable. Then um, Caleb Downs – I mean, look, Jimmy Stein put this very well, my co-host, that Caleb Downs now – If he stayed at Bama, he'd have to learn a new system. I mean, and it's a totally new system. It's vastly different. If you go to Georgia, you've got your same DB coach that was at Alabama. They just hired him. You're going to the head coach, who is now not only probably the best coach in college football now that Nick Saban's gone, he's also very familiar with Alabama's defense, and they run just about the exact same one. So you don't have to learn anything new. And it's his home state. So it makes a lot of sense. I don't think that one's all about money or anything like that. Um, I think in the end, everything's gonna be okay. The part of the problem is Alabama's in that 30 day window where uh, and a coach is retired. So a lot of people are bailing. A lot of people have bailed Washington too. People aren't talking about that as much because Alabama's the bigger brand, Nick Saban is the bigger brand, and Alabama hired Washington's coach. And um, that is uh, th- that's making it seem a little bit worse. This 30 day window thing is is kind of dumb the way it's set up. <laughs> but I'm hoping they don't fix it necessarily anytime quickly because Alabama may need to take advantage of it here in the near future.
0: Yeah, Washington's roster is certainly going to look very different next year as well. So too will Alabama's. There are a couple players back for Bama Nick, i mean, Bama at least has got a quarterback— in 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 theory for next year i know they poked around on talia tagovailoa and nick saban was advocating that he get another year that was denied by the ncaa i still don't know what that entity does for college football really but make people's lives harder but that's a different conversation so as you look to 2024 alabama's win total on fanduel is at nine and a half which is by the crimson tide standard a little bit lower that that's lower than what fans in tuscaloosa are used to seeing, and it's lower than what they're used to feeling there. How do you feel right now with all the departures and the decommitments as well in the 2024 class, and there have been a couple in uh, 2025? How are you feeling about the roster Kalen DeBoer is going to put together this fall?
1: I think ultimately he'll be fine. It's good Right now, people just don't have to panic. I mean, I get it. It's scary. I mean, all these 25 commits have decommitted. Um, some of your top 24 commits like Ryan Williams have decommitted, but you may get them back. You may get Ryan Williams back. You may get Jamie French back. You might get Zion Grady back. You might, um, you might not, but, um, I think you got to give the guy a chance. He hadn't been here five days. Let's, let's give him a minute and let's everybody take a step back from the ledge unbolt the medicine cabinet. It's going to be okay. Um, now when you talk about the over under, look, let me put it in perspective because I don't think a lot of people outside of Alabama know this. Alabama has not won fewer than 10 games since 07. They've not won fewer than 11 since 10. So this team, they've not lost more than uh, two games since 10. And that was a 10-3 and season where they lost to the eventual national champion. Um, They lost to Steve Spurrier, and they lost to a good LSU team. That was it. Um, So – what I think people need to do is take a minute take a breath this transfer portal thing's probably not even over but what might happen is Michigan's looking for a new coach their transfer portal will open same thing for LSU same you know who knows who knows what's going to happen here so give it a minute and let's see what happens. Kalen De is one of the best coaches in the country. He took Washington from practically nothing to the national championship game in two years. Give the man a minute. And not only that, he's following the greatest coach of all time. Nobody's going to do that very easily. Alabama's going to take a step back. It just doesn't have to be a leap back.
0: I think the Michigan aspect of that is interesting because players are allowed to transfer for an extended window. If their head coach leaves from the time in which the head coach announces his departure, that's why all these players from Alabama are leaving here in the middle of January's we move kind of towards the end of it. So If Jim Harbaugh does end up taking an NFL job, that could be... An opportunity. They they have a very different roster going into next year as well, but that could certainly be an opportunity for Alabama to go and find some players via the transfer portal. But as I talked about earlier on the show, I, I think Kalen DeBoer and the staff he's putting together, it might not be a national championship in year one, but I, I'd expect him to be at, at a very high level in year number two. Luke Robinson, host of Locked On Alabama at LS Robinson twenty one on X, formerly known as Twitter. Thank you so much. Thank you uh by the way coming up next who are the best wide receiver rooms in college football texas has got one of the best ones that's coming up next right here on locked on college football first things first today's episode is brought to you by ebay motors passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy like what michigan put on display this year is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style whatever tickle- tickles your fancy ebay motors has got Are you hiring this year? Because if you are, you should check out LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question, the exact same one. What's the one move that I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? Alabama decided the one move they can make to stay at the next level and win another national championship was hiring Kalen DeBoer. Well, LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with, true in college sports it's true in the business world too that's why linkedin jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free linkedin is not just another job board linkedin has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which makes it the best place to hire. And hiring's easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why LinkedIn Jobs is number one, according to small businesses, in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. It's a passing world out there, isn't it? Which means wide receivers have become more important in the game of football in college and pro than they ever have been before. Let's go to our friend Jonathan Davis over at Locked On Texas Longhorns to hear about the Texas receiving room, which is getting a major bump via the transfer portal.
2: So when we look at this wide receiver room in 2024, I think we had some legit question marks going into the SEC next year, right? Because you lost your top three pass catchers in that room to the NFL draft, right? A lot of explosiveness and a lot of production in terms of Adonai Mitchell, Xavier Worthy, and Jordan Whittington. And even though you had some really talented players in that room to move forward with next year, there's a lot of youth and a lot of unproven talent in that room, right? And I think that, you know, going into next season in the SEC, this is a year where Texas must maintain what they did last year in the Big 12 in 2023 in their first year in the SEC, right? You don't want to go into the SEC and prove those foolish narratives, right? That, you know, Texas only could win in the Big 12 and they're going to get humbled and you know, whatever, when they get to the SEC, Texas will be one of the best teams in the SEC next year. I know that, but they have to go out there and prove it on the field because there will be doubters that will pretend like Texas is not good enough to compete with the marginal teams right, in the SEC on a week to week basis because You are going into next season in the SEC with a little bit of pressure to compete and win at a high level. It makes sense that Sark wanted to hedge his bets with this wide receiver room. Right. And bring in a lot of explosive, proven and experienced talent in that room. And he's done that over the last month and a half by completely rebuilding this room and the transfer portal and creating one of the most explosive wide receiver rooms, in my opinion, in the entire country.
0: Steve Sarkeesian's track record with wide receivers in college football historically is quite good. Adonai Mitchell, Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, yeah, they're all off to the NFL. I'm sure they'll have successful careers there, especially Mitchell and Worthy. Steve Sarkeesian is the most recent offensive coordinator, most recent is what I meant to say there, who coordinated an offense that produced a Heisman winner that wasn't a quarterback. That was, of course, Devontae Smith at Alabama back in 2020. This Texas wide receiver room is indeed one of the best in the country with the way they have revamped it through the transfer portal. They've added Isaiah Bond from Alabama. I, I think everyone is well aware at this point in time what he's capable of. They added Matthew Golden from Houston, which is a really nice addition. And an under-the-radar move, and one that I know quite well, is Silas Bolden from Oregon State. This is a guy who has done a little bit of everything over the last couple of seasons in Corvallis. He can stretch the field, he can work underneath, he can be a gadget guy. If those are your core three wide receivers and Steve Sarkeesian is your OC, which he is, of course, as the head coach at Texas, That's a good wide receiver room. I I could even say it's a very good wide receiver room. But what other wide receiver moves have stood out across the country? I want to go up to Penn State. Penn State's offense this past year was a tough watch. It was a difficult watch. It was an ugly watch. Part of the reason it was tough to watch is not because they didn't have good running backs or a good offensive line. I thought they had those things. Drew Aller at quarterback was okay. You know what can take an okay quarterback and make him above average and bring an element that was not present for your offense the previous year, a dynamic wide receiver. And via the transfer portal, James Franklin and company went out and landed Julian Fleming from Ohio State, former five-star recruit. Guy has been down on the depth chart at Ohio State, which can mean that you can be a number one receiver in the NFL according to recent trends because once upon a time chris olave wasn't necessarily the number one guy jackson smith and jigba was but then garrett wilson was further down but he's the number one this is wide receiver you and julian fleming is a guy who will bring experience and i think untapped potential up to penn state and there is nothing that penn state could have done better than bring in a veteran talented receiver who is hungry to have his best year i think he can be poised for just that up there for the nittany lions as they try to make the 12 team playoff so i like that move as well back out west Oregon adds Evan Stewart. Love, love this move for the Ducks. Why? Because Troy Franklin is going to the NFL. The rest of Oregon's wide receiver room is returning. Tez Johnson's a thousand yard receiver. Treshawn Holden, I think has got a lot of untapped potential. And Jurion Dickey, former five-star recruit, battled an injury last year, might be poised to pop. They've also got former USC receiver Gary Bryant Jr. But they go out and add Evan Stewart, who can do a lot of the same things that Troy Franklin did it's not easy to replicate his production he just had the best wide receiver season in the history of oregon football he set the record for receiving yards and touchdowns and he had the record for receptions until the bowl game when tez johnson who's coming back took it over from him. so losing troy franklin and adding evan stewart that's a really really good fill for dan lanning on the offensive side of the football this one's not a move but it is definitely a win Tetaroa McMillan is staying with the Arizona Wildcats. So too is his quarterback, Noah Fafita. Some other guys have hit the transfer portal, but they were slated to have 18 returning starters going into 2024 we'll see how many of those guys end up being there but Jed Fish is gone Brent Brennan is in the San Jose State head coach and he has got a lot to work with he's got a situation that you don't see at Washington or at Alabama in which the rosters are being decimated by the portal no the 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 core of Arizona for the most part is still intact And that was a 10 and three football team. One that going into next year, if Jed Fish had stayed, would have been a trendy pick to both win the the Big 12 and at least get to the college football playoff. Keeping Tetaroa McMillan there, who's the highest-rated recruit in the history of Arizona football, he's going to be an NFL receiver. He's going into year three. It'll be year two with Fafita. Those guys will be really good. Keeping him around, not letting him get pulled up to Seattle and the Washington Huskies, that's a big win for Arizona and has ramifications throughout the Big 12. Couple receiver moves here that I've got in a tie because I couldn't quite decide, is this one bigger, is this one bigger? Juice Wells going from South Carolina to Ole Miss. You talk about who's got the best receiving core in the country. The answer might be down at Oxford. Ole Miss might have the best wide receiving core in all of college football. You look at Trey Harris, who led the team in receiving yards. Yeah, he's coming back. You add Juice Wells. They have other key returners in that room. Jackson Dart back at quarterback. I'm going to talk more about Ole Miss later, but that is a team that very much feels like they were not a flash in the pan but could actually elevate from what they were a season ago because of both the returners and the newcomers that they'll have going into next season. London Humphreys. Most people didn't know who that was. You will this fall because he'll be suiting up for the Georgia Bulldogs. Carson Beck will have a new target to look at as Brock Bowers goes off to the NFL. They've still got a bunch of talent in that receiving room. I like that move. Coming from Vanderbilt, that's not always big and flashy and exciting. But I tell you what, that's a move that I bet come Saturdays, you're going to look back at this very show and say, oh, wow, all the way back in January, he was hitting on London Humphreys going from Vanderbilt to Georgia. I bet you he makes an impact there. Honorable mention on this list, CJ Daniels going from Liberty, 13-1 and Conference USA Champion Liberty to LSU. That's an LSU team that lost its top two receivers and its quarterback as well, Jaden Daniels, to the NFL Draft. If you're going to go about replacing those guys, I think C.J. Daniels is a really nice piece. So those are some of the biggest wide receiver moves, of which there have been so very many. I think Texas has got a great room. I love what Ole Miss has done in the transfer portal, and that deserves further discussion. Our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook have got some lines for 2024 games that are more than a little interesting, which we're going to get to here momentarily. But did you know that you can still get in on the action even though the NFL regular season is over? The playoffs are here and you can get in on that action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now is kind of the best time to join because new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that's 150 bucks in bonus bets, whether you win or lose the app is super easy to use and there are so many different ways to bet like live same game parlays you can find bets in the new explore tab make a parlay in the parlay hub which is the best spot to find popular parlays you can do all those things and even more so what are you waiting for go check out fandle.com locked on and make your first bet a layup you put down five dollars win or lose you get 150 in bonus bets that's fanduelcom locked on fandle official partner of the nfl A couple of lines i find to be highly interesting as they pertain to 2024 so let's start in the sec georgia is a three and a half point favorite at ole miss i'm just going to say that again make sure that we're all operating in the same world and we understand what that exactly means three and a half point favorite for georgia at Ole Miss. Now, that means, of course, it would be greater if the game were played in Athens instead of in Oxford. But Vegas appears to be liking what Ole Miss has done in the transfer portal this off season. And guess what? So do I. I don't just like moves like adding Walter Nolan or having guys back in the receiving core I talked about earlier, or having dynamic playmakers all over that offense, or having a head coach in Lane Kiffin who isn't exactly in his first year at the helm and knows what he's doing offensively. He's got a culture down there in which they score plenty of points. Remember, Ole Miss beat LSU this past season. Well, that that's not typically what Ole Miss has done. They don't typically beat the big boys, but LSU, in year two under Brian Kelly, was defeated by these Rebels. Well, not exactly these Rebels, of course, but Jackson Dart returning. Walter Nolan coming in, five-star transfer from Texas A&M. These are the sorts of moves that make you look at what Ole Miss is going to prepare to do in the SEC and say, that looks like a contending team to me. And Vegas is telling you, well, we think they're at least within striking distance of Georgia. I am unsure of how anyone is going to pick anyone besides Georgia to be the preseason favorites to win the national championship you look at that roster you look at the way that kirby's recruited we know what kirby's pedigree is as a head coach carson Beck coming back at quarterback i am very very high on carson Beck. i think he is fantastic and i don't think he's going to get worse next year i think he's going to do the opposite i think he gets better so as you look at the georgia bulldogs and say well going into Ole miss well certainly i mean Ole miss they they can't do x y or z and georgia can and georgia's got this three and a half points three and a half points in Oxford. I wonder what that line feels like as we get closer to game day, which can't get here soon enough because this is, of course, the greatest sport on planet Earth, and I miss it just as much as you do. I might miss it even more than you do. It's not a competition, though, but I would win anyway. So I think that for Ole Miss, the moves they have made in the transfer portal are are getting the trust of Vegas. Is Vegas always right? No, no, Vegas is not always right is Vegas right a lot more often than they are wrong 100%. Now there are teams that come along like Washington this year or TCU the previous season of college football that Vegas can't quite figure out. They don't have a feel for and they don't often set lines that are appropriate and accurate. But this is a situation in which I think Vegas is nailing it on the head. Hitting the nail dead square because I think this Ole Miss team with Jackson Dart having another year under that system with the offensive weapons that he's got. I know Quinshawn Judkins isn't there. I think Ole Miss will be just fine in that department. I think they will be just fine scoring points with or without Quinshawn Judkins there. I think the way that they ended their season showed me that this is a team that feels they are ready to take that next step. And the transfer portal moves they have made indicate as much and vegas is looking at what they have done and they're saying yep we think that team deserves a fair amount of respect how many other teams think about this how many other teams could be a favorite of or an underdog rather of less than four points against georgia whether you're playing home road or neutral how many i i i could think of a few maybe But they're all top 10 teams that are going to be playoff contenders. I think if Ole Miss hits their ceiling in 2024, you will see them in the 12-team playoff. You might not see them in the college football playoff national championship game. You might not see them in the SEC championship game. But could you see them in the 12-team playoff in year one as an at-large team, perhaps? I 100% believe that. That's the first line that stood out to me. Second one, Oregon. Minus one and a half against Ohio State. Now, the reason I bring this line up is because of what Vegas thinks right now. Currently, this is before we know what Jim Harbaugh is going to do next year. But I don't know how much he would move the line. Maybe a couple points. Ohio State and Oregon have something in common. And it's a good thing if you are a Duck fan or a Buckeye fan. So Oregon Oregon and Ohio State are two teams that were very good this year. That won 11 regular season games and came up short of the ultimate goal, but had very good teams. They are also two programs that have had very good off-seasons in two ways. Number one, they have made good transfer portal additions. Oregon's brought in Dylan Gabriel. Ohio State has brought in Will Howard. These are experienced veteran quarterbacks that have won quite a few college football games and thrown for a lot of yards. But number two, and this is the commonality that makes me look at these teams and think, boy, that could be a heck of a game later this year in a Big Ten showdown, I had to pause because it's a big 10 showdown, Oregon and Ohio state kind of gross, but exciting. Nonetheless, Oregon and Ohio state are both teams that have had a lot of guys decide to return. You go up and down the roster and you can look at examples of, Hey, that guy was going to go to the NFL. Wait, he's coming back. Wait, that guy's coming back. This is a cultural thing where both of these teams feel like they have got some unfinished business and there are players that feel they can accomplish those goals come 2024. Ohio state is a six point favorite over Michigan right now. Six point favorite. Doesn't mean automatically they'd win the game means that Vegas thinks if the game goes as Ohio state would like it to the best possible outcome, they could beat Michigan by double digits. And Ohio State then conversely being an underdog at Oregon is a testament to how hard it is definitely to play at Autzen Stadium in Eugene, a place where Ohio State, to my knowledge, has not been before. They were supposed to go there in 2020. That got, uh, that got canceled because of COVID. So that game will be played, but is also a testament to the fact that Oregon's roster and Ohio State's roster, these could be the two best rosters in the Big Ten. Michigan is reloading. Washington's roster has been torn down to the studs Penn State has got a good roster you know that but we also saw a year ago Ohio State's better than Penn State and if Ohio State looks very similar to last year but is just getting better quarterback play well that would keep them ahead of Penn State in my book and if Vegas thinks that Oregon is just a tiny bit ahead at least at home over Ohio State tells me they believe in the Ducks the way that a lot of national figures seem to believe in Oregon and you know what? I think they've got good reason to because I think Dan Lanning is getting better as a coach. I think the roster is great. They've got a good quarterback and they've brought in some key playmakers. They're losing Troy Franklin to the NFL. What do they do? Bring in Evan Stewart, five-star wide receiver recruit. All of these things add up to Ohio State and Oregon being set for what could be one of the premier games in the Big Ten in 2024. And I think that those two teams and those two lines are indicative of how vegas is feeling about the teams right now and how closely it reflects how i feel about both of those teams which is that they are big 10 contenders right away and those might very well be the top two teams because michigan and washington their rivals who were in the playoff last year while they were sitting at home and watching it yet those teams are just going to be vastly different these two teams ohio state and oregon have been able to stay closer to the level that they were at a season ago Appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time. Subscribe, please, and thank you if you have not already. And until next time, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.